We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, y'all? It's Drewski, and I've teamed up with Mountain Dew to produce a hilarious new basketball podcast called The Dew Zone with Drewski. Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities like Jamal Murray. Did you have, like, a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro. I ain't that old, fam. <laughs> You're talking like I'm 50. Taylor Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to The Do Zone with Drewski on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey there. Because you're listening to this podcast, we at Blue Wire want you to know this. One, we freaking love you. And two, we want to learn more about you. Help us make more content you'll love by filling out a survey you can find in the description of this podcast. You'll help us out a ton, and you'll have a chance to win a Blue Wire t-shirt, hoodie, or a pair of AirPods. We appreciate you, hope you're staying safe, and want you to enjoy this podcast. Blue Wire. What is up, Nets fans? Welcome to the Brooklyn Buzz. I'm your host, Nick Faye. With me, as always, my guy, Jack Manuel. Jack, how we doing? Nets talk. Nets talk, and we have a new net on the team. Before we get into that, though, quick reminder, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, OTGBasketball.com, NetsRepublic.com, and Blue Wire Pods. Also, this episode is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. But, Jack, Sean Marks finally got his man. Four years, $50 million did it cost, <laughs> Nick? No? It, no, it no, wasn't it, that much? <laughs> Okay, it was not, and we're talking well, Tyler Johnson. For the, for those that weren't paying attention at home, it is Tyler Johnson. And uh, let's just go straight to your poll, mate. Now, you put out, you know, about a day ago, uh, how do you feel about the net signing Tyler Johnson? You gave a few options. Love it, solid move, not a fan, other. Uh, I went with love it because, you know, we got a guy that was, I think, is a decent enough NBA player for bugger all money. Uh, most people thought solid move with 54%. If you could vote in your own poll, where would you have gone, mate? Yeah, I probably would go... Solid move. I mean, I can, can see, understand why people would love it because, like, hey, this is a guy the Nets wanted a couple years ago, and they got him at an extremely cheap price at this time. But feel like he's dealt with some injuries. He's been really inconsistent over the last couple seasons. But hey, solid move. It's kind of taking a flyer. Maybe this is a guy that can end up on the team next year if he plays really well, or maybe the Nets see something in him that other teams didn't. Yeah, I've been doing a little bit of video research on him. I'm trying to put form a bit of a video breakdown for, for Nets Republic. And, you know, there are things that he does well. He's not necessarily elite in many areas. Um, I think his athleticism is probably his number one thing. And I think the the fit that he will have as a sort of 
third string guard, you know, backup third ball handler in lineups to Spencer Dinwiddie and or Karis Levert. Um, I think he can provide something. I think he can cut well. Uh, I think he, you know, I've seen him play some nice pick and roll with uh, the big man, uh, Aaron Baines in Phoenix as well. Um, his three-point shot isn't amazing, but he is a near 36% three-point shooter on his career, despite being about 29% this season. I think that some of that is just possibly fit you know there's obviously a lot of decent guards and 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 a youth uprising in in phoenix which i think is is the direction that they're going um and i think that you know he'll fit okay on brooklyn i don't think that he'll certainly fit better than theo pinson we'll get into theo uh, in a little bit but tyler johnson's fit you know i certainly don't hate it and um i, I mean we can when you give your thoughts we can sort of get to the poll that i put out um where a lot of other people were advocating for a former brooklyn net to rejoin the squad I feel like this is a situation where someone's career numbers kind of match the player they are. You know what I mean? 43% from the field, like you said, about 36% from three, 10 points a game on 25 minutes. He's a combo guard. He can give you some nice depth where you can fill in like one or two roles. He's he's maybe not somebody you want in the rotation, but he's maybe a guy that's okay being that 11th or 12th or 13th guy in the team. And like you mentioned, I think he provides more value than Theo Pinson. And that's another thing that kind of stuck out to me watching a little bit of Tyler Johnson highlights. He has the ability to throw a noop which is something that's beneficial when you have DeAndre Jordan and Jared Allen on the roster. So that can make things a little bit easier. And I think you could also say, like, he was definitely a better player in Miami, especially when they had good pieces. And then when he went to Phoenix, it was kind of all over the place, like you mentioned, you know, not really having a role, not necessarily in the rotation consistently. So it's it's a fresh start for him to try to earn an opportunity with the Nets. Yeah, we had our guy, Kyle Russell, uh, Miami Heat writer for OGDBasketball.com, sort of you know, give us both sort of uh, some encouraging signs about Tyler Johnson. He, you know, he's seen him. He's, you know, uh, he's written pieces about him. So he's sort of saying, you know, he's not an unproductive guy, you know, solid three and D enough, surprisingly athletic. Um, I think his defense is okay enough. Uh, I think it's good enough. You know, obviously the Nets um, right now are one of the better defensive teams in the league. Um, and I think that, you know, Tyler Johnson should fit in there. I mean, he's a better defender and a better player than Theo Pinson at the end of the day. And despite the fact that uh, we love Theo, um, but before we get to Theo, Nick, my poll that I put out there, who would you prefer to have on the Nets roster heading into Orlando, Tyler Johnson or Aman Shumpert? Uh, 59% or near 59% said Tyler Johnson and 41% uh, were for 21 Shump Street. Uh, what do you think? <laughs> I like that, 21 Shump Street. <laughs> um, I mean, for me, I think I understand why getting Tyler Johnson makes more sense. Like, hey, if Katie and Kyrie are playing, Give me a Mont Shumpert because we already know what he is. We already has been on the team. But Tyler Johnson's more of like a new thing where maybe he could pop off on the nets and be a bench player for next year. And there's a chance he could be better than a Mont Shumpert. Uh, Tyler Johnson almost reminds me of Torian Prince in a sense where he played better defense earlier in his career. And then over the last couple of seasons, it hasn't been up to that level. Maybe some of that was injuries or maybe just lacks like the same energy as a youth. But that's where it's kind of more intriguing with Johnson because you don't necessarily know what you're going to get with him because there's so many different variables with this Nets team that maybe weren't there in Phoenix or Miami. I think objectively speaking, Tyler Johnson is a better basketball player. We've seen at least offensively uh, for sure. Uh, and um, uh, yeah, yeah, and I think that the offense matters more in, mm-hmm. in today's in today's game. I think you know, despite the, the fact that you you spend fifty percent on both sides of the floor, I would say that the importance is seventy thirty. And I think Tyler Johnson's defensive uh, weaknesses aren't that pronounced. Yeah, you know, I think some of it's effort based, some of it's fit based. Some of his size, you know, he's not the biggest guard in the world. He's like 6'4", and he's sort of like a, like you said, combo guard. Plays the one or the two, but can't really sort of do either thing. You know, he's not a lights-out shooter, as we sort of alluded to, and he's not a great sort of floor general. So he sort of just fits out there. You know, obviously, 
Uh, there are plenty of those guys in the NBA today that are, have been incredibly successful. But, you know, uh, to make the argument for Aman Shumpert, you know, I had a few people sort of saying that, you know, the experience counts for, for a lot. The fact that he, he has the embedded relationship with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, you know, there might be another team that picks him up. I, I don't know if the, the transaction window is still open uh, at this point of recording, but other teams could go after him. And it's not to say that, Tyler Johnson is going to be on the team next season either. We could see, you know, some people, uh, I think Matt Nate Q, uh, our guy, um, jumped into, gave me a little bit of a retweet with a comment and sort of said that this season, Tyler Johnson makes more sense. Next season, Aman Shumpert as a yep. sort of, you know, 13th, 14th man on the bench, uh, as just sort of like a, a leadership teammate locker room presence. I don't discount that. I think that that would be fine as well. So for now, I'm, I'm actually quite happy with, I think out of all the guys that were on the, the bargain basement and could be picked up, you know, Jamal Crawford, J.R. Smith, all these sort of guys. I honestly think Tyler Johnson was the best player. And I'm not saying that it's a, a, a rosy bunch to choose from, but Tyler Johnson's still young enough. You know, he obviously, Sean Marks got his guy. Um, but I do think, objectively speaking, at this point of his career, you know, age and experience and talent um, all taking into account, I think Tyler Johnson's a decent get. Yeah, and I think going into Orlando in the bubble and so many different variables of like somebody possibly getting COVID or getting injured, whatever it is, Tyler Johnson might make more sense because he can play point guard, he can play shooting guard, you could probably get him some minutes at small forward, and he can help you with different things where Shumpert's game is kind of narrow. You know, offensively, he's not really a great dribbler, he can't really handle the ball, he's not really going to create for himself, he'll have a couple catch-and-shoot opportunities where he's either going to hit them all or miss them all, and defensively, you know, he's okay, he's not necessarily a lockdown defender, he just brings that energy and hustle. And I think all the things that Shumpert does, Tyler Johnson could potentially do, and it's just more of like, hey, show us what you can do now because we saw what you could do a couple years in Miami and you were a really nice role player for that team but now we're not sure of that but if you can prove it there might be a shot for next year and maybe it'd be better than Shumpert so I just think there's just so many unknowns and I think Tyler Johnson has more of a chance to fill more roles and there's we know less about him in comparison to Shumpert who's there's just plenty of tape with all the playoff experience already being on the team it just makes more sense to go with a guy that has a higher ceiling not to say that it's super high but he, he definitely could be a, a solid role player down the line and which he showed like his first couple years in Miami yeah definitely I think that that sort of systematic fit worked super well for him and maybe the Brooklyn Nets have that a system that does mesh well with his skill set. You know, Tyler Johnson, better shooter than Amon Shumpert. Tyler Johnson, yep. better passer than Amon Shumpert. Tyler Johnson, worst defender. What, two out of three? You know, uh, an athleticism. And I'd say he's a better creator too. Like, I think yeah. that he can do a little bit for his own offensively. Not to say that he's great, but like, he could maybe take a possession or two and give somebody a break. Yep, and Tyler Johnson, better athlete as well. Uh, and, yeah. and age. You know, he's only 28 years old. Um, I think Amon Shumpert's 31 or 32. I'll, I'll double check that um, right now. But I think that he's, like I said, he's just got more going for him. I understand. Uh, actually, shit, Amon Shumpert's 29. He's my age. Um, so there's not that much of an age difference. I can't really say that as, as much. But he is actually 30 in like two days. So yeah. Uh, Let's technically classify him as 30 uh, to 28. So there is a, a two-year gap. But Aman Shumpert still has some time, I think, to to produce something in this league as a role player. I certainly think that he can provide something. And I think Tyler Johnson now realizes what he is going forward. Yeah, he's mm -hmm. got that. Uh, he's got the contract. Uh, you know, everyone deserves that one big contract if you've shown some potential. Uh, he can thank Sean Marks for that. You know, he was expecting to go to Brooklyn. And, you know, Nets Daly and Anthony Puccio spoke to him and he's, he was excited about the prospect, uh, but it was obviously mash. And uh, I, I think that he, it's going to be exciting to see what he can provide to this team. Um, I'm, you know, I obviously get a, a little bit over 
excited when I look into a guy's tape and I'm looking at the best of him. I know that when you are looking at the highlights, it's not necessarily the best version of a player. And I understand that he was, you know, a, a bad NBA player this season for, for the Phoenix Suns. Um, you know, injuries, obviously, withstanding. Uh, fit, obviously, withstanding. But I think there's still something there, you know, in terms of guys that the, the Nets can add to this roster, you know, to replace KD and Kyrie. You know, we've got one replacement now. We assume that that next replacement will be Chris Chioza. Yeah. Um, and, you know, obviously the, the Nets can't necessarily sign him to a multi-year deal until restricted free agency. But Chris Chioza seems a likely guy. And I think that the Nets are going to have a lot of guards. And, you know, back in the past, it was just like, all right, who have we got to, to back up these guys? But uh, guard play is not going to be a weak point for the Brooklyn Nets. That's, that's for sure. Yeah, they have the depth. They have some different options to put out there, too. And, like, hey, Tyler Johnson could sign with the team and he might not even see a minute the entire time. Like, I wouldn't be completely surprised. It's just kind of like a situation where they're taking a flyer on a guy with what he possibly can be. There's nothing locked in stone. Like, there's a chance that Vaughn could just stick to the rotations we saw before the season ended. What, in a, in the current world, Nick, in terms of right now, what is the ultimate sort of ceiling level of play that you see from Tyler Johnson in Orlando and what and you already spoke about the basement level of play you know he probably doesn't see any minutes but what could you see him and what is that sort of middle ground that you're expecting you know is he going to get consistent minutes is it going to be sporadic is it going to be by need is it going to be a sixth man seventh man eighth man off the bench just chose to get more minutes than him um, what, are, what are your thoughts on it I think you look at it this way Tyler Johnson's probably the lowest person on the totem pole because He's a new guy coming in. You know, we yeah. saw Chris Dios over the last couple of games. He played some really good point guard. And I'm not sure Tyler Johnson can really take that away from Chris Chioza because he doesn't have that playmaking ability to the extent that Chioza has. It would be more so taking minutes probably away from a guy like Garrett Temple or getting minutes paired with like Spencer or Karras because I don't think Tyler's a guy you want running the show. He's more of that complimentary combo guard next to him. And I think like best case for him if he wants to have a role on this team and then also on the team next year would be that three-point shot in the defense. And then just like the hustle plays, you know, the rebounding, making smart plays, high basketball IQ type stuff, just really buying into being that bench role player. That's that's pretty much where his career is projecting right now, and I'm not trying to disrespect him in any way at all. But that's like best-case scenario for him moving forward. So if he can shoot, you know, 38% from three and play some very good defense and maybe get a steal or two there or just – apply pressure on the other team that's how he's going to earn minutes because it's not like the nets have played good defense this year in terms of defensive rating but it's not like they're full of lockdown defenders or guys that are really pressuring the ball really well yeah i'm not as high on, on his defense. I, I mean in general i'm not saying that you are either but in terms of his defense i'm not necessarily high on it because i don't think he has the measurements and size you know he's a six four sort of guy you know in terms of you know, Karis LeVert. You know, we, we want Karis LeVert to be a great defender. I want uh, Tyler Johnson to be an average or good defender uh, on this team for however long he's on it. Um, and hopefully, like you sort of mentioned, his energy uh, and his experience uh, across the league gives him a bit of a leg up. You know, he, he he's read some passing lanes and he can create some transition plays for himself. You know, I've got some video that, you know, I'm like, well, okay, so he can read these passes. He can, you know, get up in a guy's grill. You know, he is, his athleticism is probably more suited to the offensive end, but it's not to say that he doesn't have decent lateral quickness or a decent feet uh, in that sort of regard. You know, he has a decent low center of gravity. So I'm, I guess I'm probably a lot higher on him than probably some of the other guys, but maybe it's because this is like the first sort of basketball-related news yeah. that was spoken it's about. In a, <laughs> yeah. It's real actual basketball news pertaining to the Brooklyn Nets, but I think he can provide some value. How much value do I think he'll provide? Probably not a lot. And 
it's almost like what you expect from like a rookie. If we see flashes and we see, you know, three threes from him, which he's even done this season for the Phoenix Sun, mind you. You know, he's, he's played like, you know, 15 minutes a game, 10 minutes a game, something like that. N- nothing really um, outstanding. But he has had flashes where that three ball has fallen. To be honest, uh, and his best game, funnily enough, was against the Brooklyn Nets this season. You know, he scored like 14 points uh, yep. in about like 19 minutes of play. So, um, you know, he, he plays well against us uh, as well. So that does bode well. You know, Sean Marks was obviously really happy to get him off the scrap heap. You know, and in that sort of sense, I think that the the fit is going to be good enough because Tyler Johnson obviously knows that he is wanted in this organization and he's not just sort of a, a fill-in. And I think he'll be given some opportunities to actually play and show something in the eight games and, and maybe the playoffs. And I think uh, he should take something that Schumper did really well, and that's just instantly provide energy on the court. And that's something you kind of felt when Schumper came in the game, and that's something you can control as a player. Just play with high energy. Like you said, he's he's not going to be a lockdown guy, but if at least puts a ton of effort in that side of the floor, just makes those scrappy plays, diving for loose balls and stuff like that, I think the Nets will be pretty happy with him. And at least he's giving himself an opportunity to maybe not even on the Nets or another team in the league next season. In terms of – here's just a, an unprompted question for you, Nick. Three guys that I've just got off the top of my head that are currently in the Nets rotation or currently on the Nets squad. Tyler Johnson, Chris Chioza, TLC. How do you rank those guys in terms of the value that they provide the Brooklyn Nets right now? Oh, that's really interesting. I mean, given that we haven't seen Tyler Johnson the way he's played this season, you'd have to rank him at the bottom. But that easily could change because I think he could be the best of the three. I think Chioza would probably be at the top given he has the playmaking ability and he's really that backup guard which allows, you know, Jacques Vaughn to start Spencer and Karras and not necessarily have to worry about, you know, keeping one guy on the court all the time, which I think he should anyways, but it gives him a little bit of flexibility or even a little flexibility in the sense of Spencer and Karras don't have to run the show the entire game where, hey, Chiozo come in and do a little bit of dirty work. And then TLC, you know, we've kind of seen TLC develop a little bit more. He's played some pretty good defense. His three-point shot's a little bit inconsistent. He brings those energy and hustle plays. So I'd probably put him above Tyler Johnson right now, but I think they're definitely interchangeable. Where jumping Chioza, I think, is harder because he has a specific skill set that the other two guys do not have. And not many guys in the Nets roster have, given that Kyrie and Katie are out. It's not like they have a ton of guys that can run the offense and make plays for others. I'm, I, I'm pretty much with you with that. I would probably go Chio as a TLC, um, TJ, in, in that sort of sense. I'm going to start calling him TJ. Why not? I like um, it. <laughs> yeah, let, let's start it here on the buzz. TJ, Tyler Johnson. Um, I know other people calling him Ty, but I'll call him TJ. Um, but in that sort of sense, uh, I think you, you're right. You know, in terms of individual talent and you know creation, ball ball level creation, you know, credit for others, credit for himself. Uh, we've all seen that you know pretty nifty handle that he's got. Chris Chioza has a, a really really nice handle, and we've seen the highlights. We've seen you know our guys, KD and Kyrie, react to it uh, as well. You know, TLC, I think is, I think he's had an underrated season in terms of you know a guy that's actually being able to establish himself as a rotation player to being from being a two-way guy. I think that that deserves a lot of credit. You know, there are only probably a few guys across the league and, you know, guys like Lorne's daughter, whatever his name is for, um, I apologize for getting that name wrong. In okay, see, you just signed a multi-year deal. So good exactly. for him. Exactly. So I think that, you know, I really respect that guys that can sort of build up their reputation. We know what TLC was, you know, in, in OKC, funnily enough, and I think he was with Philly as well. But right now, I think that he is an NBA player and I think he's going to have an NBA career because... His three ball looks good enough. His defense is good enough. And I think that he's had some nice drives. It might be straight line drives, but I think that the the Brooklyn Nets system simplifies things for a lot of role players. 
and simplifies the individual role. You know, unless you are Spencer Dimitri, Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, Kavis LeVert, these sort of guys, you know, you you stick to your role and you try and do that at an A-plus level. So I think TLC may not have had an A-plus season, but he certainly had some A-plus moments uh, and in within games and, and across the, the sort of sample size of the 19-20 season that we've seen so far. And, you know, Chioza, I think, is, is going to be valuable for this Nets team. I'm excited to see what he can bring in Orlando. You know, I want to see him get some minutes. You know, at the end of the day, we're not going to be making some noise in the playoffs. So let's give Chioza some minutes and see if he can be a rotation piece for this team going forward. You know, as injury insurance for, for Spence, for, for Karras, and, and for Kyrie. And, and as for Tyler Johnson, you know, he's the one that's got a lot to, lot to prove. Like you said, he's the, the lowest in the totem pole, and he has to go out there. He has to prove himself. And with every minute that he's given, he has to be productive energetic, uh, a positive influence on this team. And behind the scenes, uh, I certainly think he'll do that as well. Yeah, he seems like a good locker room guy, a good hustle guy like to have around the organization. So I have no concern with that. And I think for Tyler Johnson, like maybe the one area where if he impressed, it would help him even more is if he's shown more of an ability to be a playmaker or run the show a little bit or just show the ability to be like a secondary playmaker, because maybe it makes, you know, you don't have to worry about having Chris Chioza as your, you know, third or fourth string guard. And you have Tyler Johnson who can be your fourth or fifth string shoot, uh, point guard and shooting guard. So I think there's like a lot of different elements here. I like the move from Sean Marks at the very least. Yeah, definitely. Um, in that sort of sense, Nick, I didn't have this in our rundown, so it's slightly unprompted, but uh, we have to address the fact that uh, one of our favorites on the Brooklyn Buzz and probably one of Nets Twitter's favorites, David Nwaba, uh, signed a contract with the Houston Rockets. How did that make you feel uh, when you saw that news from, uh, it was probably Woj or Shams, one of those guys? I, I wasn't that surprised. I mean, he fits Houston really well, and I wasn't super confident in him returning to the Nets. I just, the torn Achilles, like, coming back, and, like, the Nets need a player who will be ready next year, and there's no guarantee, like, Nawaba's going to be ready to go when the season starts because it was a pretty late Achilles tear, and there was already concern about, like, the way he plays and the tenacity he plays with, like how would he be able to recover? We're not talking about Kevin Durant, who's already, you know, seven foot and has like these godly measurements. We're talking about a guy that really has to grind in every single play, a lot of like short runs and jumps, you know what I mean? So I wasn't like super disappointed. I know Nets fans absolutely loved him. And he was great when he played in the, for the Nets this season and the, the, those short minutes. But uh, I'm happy for him. At least he got that contract and he got some extra money, to be honest, because he got money for this season too. So good for him. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think it's a two-year deal around that $2 million mark. He, he deserves it. You know, at the end of the day, uh, the the production that he gave this team and the energy that he gave this team, you know, he he helped establish a defensive identity that yeah. the Nets didn't have at that early point in the season. You know, he shot uh, 30, nearly 43% from three this season. Yes, it was only in 20 games. You know, he shot nearly 50% from the floor. But I think that the intangibles that he provided this team in terms of, you know, he doesn't have the prettiest three-point shot, but I think Daryl Morey just sees, you know, he shot 43%. That looks good to me. And the defense was good. I think he's going to fit perfectly in that Houston Rockets system. And I think Daryl Morey sneakily is just looking behind the scenes. just like, okay, let's pick up some guys now because who knows what can happen to this cap. And if we can get him on the cheap and just have a rotation guy, you know, obviously he is still recovering from the, the Achilles injury. And who knows when he will be back, if he will be back. It's an incredibly serious injury. But I don't doubt David Noir, and I think he will produce something for this Houston Rockets team. And I'm really happy for him because he provided us a lot of joy uh, here on the Brooklyn Buzz and as Nets fans in general. You know, there were times during the night where it's just like, why is Duarte not getting minutes? Why is Duarte not getting minutes? 
clearly the reason why coach Kenny Atkinson doesn't have a job anymore. <laughs> uh, and I think it would Nawaba, like he just fits Houston in the sense like they love these undersized guys that are super switchable. And we know Nawaba has like the strength to defend fours, threes, twos, ones, and sometimes fives. So that just like ideally fits in what they're trying to do. And like, th- like you mentioned, those corner numbers were pretty good this year. And if he's able to do anything similar, you know, that'd be great for Houston. Absolutely. Uh, Nick, we'll touch on a couple more topics before we end this one. And uh, one that I, I saw and I thought was, was worth touching on is Wilson Chandler and the response, I guess, to the whole Kyrie Irving criticism. And I mean, we touched on it a little bit. We didn't really get into the Kendrick drama. We're, we're past that. Hopefully we're moved on from it. Hopefully he has, uh, especially. Um, I had a lot of things to say to you and, and Corey in the DMs. Let's not put it that way. I had a lot to say on Twitter as well. But uh, Wilson Chandler said this, crazy to me how fans, ex-players and players and current players criticize Kyrie for voicing his opinion. A, an opinion that wasn't wrong at all. Who cares if he didn't like his delivery or the way he went about it? With everything that's going on from police brutality to COVID, he had the backbone. Um, is Wilson Chandler going to be on this team next season? Because he's goddamn saying the right things. Yeah, I just like love Wilson Chandler's like personality. I just like love his like no bullshit like mentality. Like even on the court, you can kind of tell like guys don't really mess with Chandler because he just kind of has that rep in the league. So I think it does help. Like sticking up for a star on the team is always a good look. And I think, you know, he'd do it on the court too. And I've always kind of advocated maybe Wilson Chandler's not a guy I ideally want in the rotation next year, but it doesn't mean he can't be on the team and be a backup or somebody that you can bring in if there's an injury or something like that. So I thought Chandler's been pretty good for the Nets this year, and we'll see a little bit more in this upcoming stretch. Yeah, definitely. You know, I think he certainly uh, endeared himself to to the Nets fans and and within the Nets locker room. He certainly, everyone needs, and when you have the, the championship contenders, you need the vet guys that can sort of play sparing minutes here and there. Jared Dudley's, you know, has now departed us and is doing that to an extent for the Lakers, but it's it's more so that Wilson Chandler is providing that both on the court because you know he's now starting for us. So I mean, we can talk about his on-court game for for minutes and minutes on end, but for right now, um, I, I'm glad that he's sticking. I'm, I'm glad to see this camaraderie. We did see a lot of other guys sort of responding to the a whole leaked DMs and and the leaked group chat. But again, a discussion that we can have uh, maybe on a, another episode. But Nick. In that sense, you know, the it was reported by Kevin O'Connor that the, the Nets and the Raptors were deciding where to hold their training camp. The, the Raptors have decided that they're going to head to Florida a little bit earlier. I think that they might be already there, if not heading there yeah, very they are. soon. Um, I think they landed should, yesterday, to be honest. There you go. So uh, Nick's right on it with the, the Raptors <laughs> news. Get out, get around his uh, side project, the, the Raptors <laughs> Republic buzz. Um, in that sense, though, Nick, should the Nets join them? Where do they need to go? Uh, is, I mean, you know more than me, is New York slash New Jersey slash Brooklyn uh, a safe place for these guys to be training? Or do they need to head out to Orlando? Which, again, is probably not the safest place in the world either. Um, I'm I'm a bit baffled and uh, baffled, sorry, and a bit miffed at this one. It's a, it's a hard one to say. Where should they hold it? Yeah, I think, you know, the Nets have options in terms of not in the city. Like, don't go in the city. Probably don't go in Westchester, New York, which is pretty close to the city. It'd be honestly closer to where, like, I live in terms of, like, Dutchess County. You're being, like, two hours out, and there's not really much COVID in this area and up north. So I think, like, the Nets have options in New York. It's just not in the city. Like, you know, find a college campus that obviously no one's in class right now or somewhere where you can get use their facility and take advantage of that. I would just want to be outside of New York City. Other than that, I think there's plenty of places in New York, New Jersey, long as you stay out of that like city vibe or that urban vibe, you know, you get a little bit maybe more suburban or rural and just kind of take advantage of that. 
Yeah, and I, and I guess the the things that we'll be taking into account at the end of the day, number one is health and safety for the players and and the coaches who, who are at the training camp and who will be going into uh, Orlando and and, bub- and the Orlando bubble. I guess we've sort of coined it now. But you know, there's a part of me that thinks that maybe it's just better to acclimatize and and assimilate there, get there really like the Toronto Raptors. I'm telling you, it's right. hot in New York though right now, Jack. It's like 90 degrees. There you go. There you go. Maybe the the Nets want to sweat it out in in NYC. Who knows? But um, I'm I'm an advocate for whatever these guys decide. You know, I think it has to be about access as well. Can all the guys? You know, obviously there's probably guys that are living in Manhattan. There's guys that are living in you know deep Brooklyn. You know, what is the best access for for the the 15, 17 guys that are, that are heading into uh, the Orlando bubble. So I think that all those things will be taken into account and we'll definitely be rep- reporting it on this one. But Nick, we'll finish off with, obviously the Nets continue to do great things uh, for the Black Lives Matter and social justice, but uh, Kevin Durant and uh, the degree, do- de- ro- degree deodorant. Wow, say that a million times. <laughs> Team up, have teamed up uh, for a million dollar donation for social justice. Uh, and the report um, the by 35 Ventures uh, said this, we are united in the defense of black lives and black voices everywhere, and we join our peers and colleagues in the call for an end to the systemic racism in our country. We are making a donation to the NAACP and Center for Policing Equity in honor of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, and all those who've lost their lives or suffered injustice at the hands of the police. I mean, KD can do no wrong off the court. He, I mean, there's some people like you know, looking into the whole drone BS, but um, my guy's doing wonders with the with the influence and the money that he that he has. Yeah, I mean, he's doing a great great thing, obviously, and I think it's important because he's continuing momentum as you know the movement kind of slows down with people getting more distracted with other things. Having a guy like KD do something like this, I think, helps bring some momentum back. And like you mentioned, I think Durant has really taken advantage of not being on the court this season. He's done such a great job with so many different elements of his off-the-court life in terms of business. It's really great to see. It almost kind of feels like a LeBron effect to an extent. You know what I mean? Like, he's starting to become big off the court, just not on the court. Yeah, and and I think he has probably goals, high aspirations for himself in terms of, you know, the off-court money ends up being more than the on-court money. And I think that where he is choosing to make the donations to is very considered. I think that his business team, Rich Kleiman and everyone else, uh, these aren't just being, this isn't just million-dollar donations thrown around willy-nilly. He knows where the influence needs to be. You know, he said he had a great interview with Mark Spears about the influence that he can have and and about the injustices. Sometimes his words matter more than his money. And and that interview with Mark Spears, one of the, the great, the greats of, of NBA media uh, was really pertinent and, and I really loved uh, despite the fact that the main takeaway was from it that he's not playing basketball but Nick next time on the buzz we've got plenty more to get through don't worry about that we've got you know Jacques Vaughn and his interview Spencer Dimwitty there's plenty of polls out there that we've got to touch on Bobby Marks was saying some things about the old school Nets and speaking of old school Nets there's throwbacks plenty and maybe a Dalmatian jersey I'm doing a, a teaser for the next pod already <laughs> I love it. And a big thanks, everybody, for listening. Jack, always fun talking Nets with you. And as always, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, otgbasketball.com, netsrepug.com, and Blue Wire Pods. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime. 
Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.